Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Amy Magerva. I'm trying to say that exotically. Did I do okay? Magerva, uh, yes. Magerva. <laughs> she is the owner of Emma Justine Salon in Louisville, Kentucky, and she just had a wonderful article in Inc. Magazine that she is um, tops in education and an elite experience for guests and employees. And I love that it says guests and employees, and I want to dive deeper into that. And she is also, her salon is extension and blonding specialists. So welcome, Amy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited too. So that's an amazing accomplishment. Ink Magazine is a big deal. And you don't hear of many salons being featured in a magazine that's so business and so serious. So congrats on that for sure. Um, right before we hit record, I said to Amy, man, you picked the two best specialties right now. And, you know, it's 2022 and everyone and their mother has extensions and everybody wants to be off the scales blonde. So what a time to be an extension and, and uh blonding specialist, but let's back up for a minute to the ink magazine thing where it says education and elite experience for guests and employees. I think most salon owners, myself included, are always so hyper-focused on the guest experience and the guests, and it's all about the guests, and we forget that our employees are human beings that need to be loved and appreciated and, and you know, nurtured too. So I love that it says both. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, I think our philosophy is that, you know, if our employees are happy, our stylists are happy, um, and they're happy, they're being able to create that happy guest experience, then, you know, that shines through to our guests. And it's been proven, you know, in our salon Our we have people comment all the time about, wow, you guys just work really well together. It seems like everyone really enjoys being, you know, here at work or, you know, just something to that effect. And that's kind of the vibe that we want to set because then it creates, um, you know, no, well, less tension in the salon. As we know, salons are kind of known to be, um, catty and, you know, a bunch of people getting together is always, um, hard on a daily basis, but, um, we try to create the environment that everyone's happy at work. And then that in turn makes it a little bit, um, easier on our guests. They see that. And then, um, if they're happy, they keep coming back. I love that because it is so palpable, the energy in a salon when something's not right. I can look back at any time, we had an employee that wasn't working out and there was tension among the employees. The clients would always comment something going on. There's like yep. a weird vibe in here today. Like they can feel it. You know, we think that we're putting on this big act that everything's perfect, but they see right through it. And there's nothing worse than an uncomfortable environment. I just went to have my nails done last week and I've seen it coming that I have to find a new nail salon. Like there's been a lot of weird dysfunctional things going on. And I'm just like, oh, but she does such a good job on my nails. You know, yeah. sometimes we put up with a lot as, as consumers in businesses because we like the final product, but it starts to wear on you when the experience is not 
what you, you know, expect it, you leave just having that ick feeling. Like the last time I left, I was like, I think that's it. I think I really have to find someone else because it was so unprofessional. Everything that was going on was unprofessional. And I think as a salon owner, it glares at me even more than, you know, someone who doesn't own a salon. So I'm like, I can't, I can't educate people and and share the importance of professionalism and then put myself in this position when I am on the consumer side of things. So yeah, it's so important. And that's so amazing that, you know, you're always top of mind thinking about your employees. Um, Extensions to me, I've gone to every hair show under the sun. I teach at a lot of the hair shows and I always am curious enough to walk over to the packed crowded extension booths and there's always one company that has a line wrapped around the show. And they all, to me, they all look the same, right? Because I don't do extensions. So I'm like, why is that company so much more crowded? What are they doing that's different? So when you chose to specialize in that, did you go through a bunch of different companies before you found the one that you now love? Um, are you speaking of education? Or are you speaking of the hair in general? The actual hair, like the whole thing, like why you pick the, the brand that you're putting on. The yeah. <laughs> so actually that's a, a great topic to talk about because um, I actually, I've been doing extensions for 10, 11 plus years. And um, I've kind of been through them all um, just try trying to find that perfect, you know, perfect hair, perfect experience. I'm certified in so many different methods, different brands, you know, I have color swatches galore from every brand out there. Um, And honestly, I, when I started doing hand tied extensions about five years ago, five or six years ago, um, you know, I started using the brand that the company that I got you know, certified in first with hand tied extensions, um, the one that they use, the one that they recommended. And it kind of was like a, just a rush of people using that specific brand. And when they were recommending it, maybe it was really top tier and high quality, but the more people that were using it and as hand tie became super popular, um, it kind of just went downhill. And I noticed Mm -hmm. it, my clients noticed it. And, um, it just got to a point where I was just like, I have got to find something else. So I've tried more and more and more brands and I kept having issues, um, with it. So I actually did, um, do the research and I actually did, um, start manufacturing my own hair. So, yeah, so I have a brand it's called mint beauty extensions. Um, and that's solely what we use here in the salon for hand tied extensions. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. How do you even begin to do a project like that? <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But wow, I had to, you know, we, yeah. Hey, it's, so it's, many if they're not going to provide it for you, then you have to make yeah. it yourself. So you, you, well, for people who are listening as a podcast, they can't see how young and beautiful you are, but you are a young girl. Like you've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. Where did all of this feistiness and passion come from at such a young age? <laughs> Um, well, I, I did go, I did get into hair at a really young age. Um, and then also I, you know, I have a lot of support. It's not just me. I have, um, our salon manager, Adele, she is way more feistier, way more passionate than I am. Um, and then, um, also my husband, he does a lot to help me on the back end to, you know, push the brand forward. Um, so really, you know, it's all about support and the people that you have in your life. It's not, um, you know, it doesn't just come from one person. I'm, I'm sure there are, you know, stylists and salon owners out there that are able to accomplish a lot on their own. Um, but also you always have to have great support on the back end as well. 
That's awesome. Well, it wouldn't be an Ask the Color Expert podcast without talking about color. So um, I have never been asked or in a position to color extensions because we didn't do extensions in the salon. Mm -hmm. Um, But from being an educator and from having a lot of questions come my way, I've seen a lot of people have a lot of oopses when coloring extensions. So is there a whole different like process or um, learning curve as far as um, glazing extensions to match someone's hair than there is with, I mean, I know it's human hair, but what is the difference between an extension and regular hair when it comes to color? Yeah, I've actually been really fortunate that I've been doing extensions for a long time before they became as amazing as they are now. Um, Cause I got a lot of that, um, I guess, trial and error down before it became what it is today. Um, so when I first started doing it, the expectations were not there like they are now, you know? Um, and so that really helped me there isn't really a whole lot of education out there for um, coloring extensions. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely feel like there's a gap in the industry. Um, it's getting better, but um, I feel like there's definitely a need for training in that. But what I have found is that um, just with my personal knowledge and sharing that with my team, um, hair extensions are very unpredictable, especially if you don't if you're not working with a great brand of hair, something that's very high quality. Um, something that doesn't use silicones, um, you know, just different things like that. Um, but yeah, so the struggle with um, extensions is you're going to go a little bit cooler. So you have to definitely use more warmth in your tones, even if you want a neutral or cool base, um, you definitely have to use some warmth in your formula. So that's definitely a big one. Um, and then also it is very easy for extensions to take darker than the level that you're using. So to play it safe, you can always go a level lighter or, um, you know, just really watch them. I think that's the main thing is you can't just walk away and leave your extensions with whatever color you put on them. You have, it's real human hair. Everybody's hair is different. You can have top grade hair, um, you know, minimal processing or, you know, whatever it is that's going on when they're being made. But still, it's different hair from different people, right? So it's every single piece is going to take differently. Um, so you really have to just watch it. You have to be there to to monitor the color. That makes total sense. I know I have a friend who has a hair replacement business where she does those fill-in pieces, mm-hmm. either sewn in or just temporary where they clip in. Yeah. And I remember being at her salon and watching her color someone's piece and she was dipping it in a sink. And she had all these drops of things that it wasn't even regular hair color. It was like all these other things. And I was like, wow, they don't, I mean, they barely can get us ready to pass the boards and beauty school. Right. So they're not getting into any of that. And to your point, when you come out of school and you want to get into these things, it's almost like you're out there on your own and you just have to figure it the heck out. Um, I've interviewed other people who do um, wigs and hair replacement and it's fascinating how different everything is in that realm. For me, I know the expensive extension. So if a client were to come in and hand me her bag of hair and say, can you please color these? I would be, even though I'm so confident in hair color, I would think, oh my gosh, this is $1,200 hair. If I mess this up and she's unhappy, that's on me. So that's a huge responsibility that, you know, you can't be taken lightly. 
Yeah, we actually, um, we used to do that in the salon where if someone had, you know, say they had a halo or, you know, extensions from somewhere else um, that we would custom color it. And we actually decided to stop doing that because it, it is such a huge responsibility and you just really can't predict, um, especially hair that you're not familiar with, you know, having the mint hair, you know, that's what we use all the time every day in the salon. We're used to how it colors. Um, and so, you know, even though, like I said earlier, things are very unpredictable with extensions, you at least have some idea what you're doing. Whereas if you're working with a brand that you're not familiar with or um, a grade of hair that is, you know, different from what you're used to working with, it's very difficult to um, to color that and, and know exactly what you're doing. So we don't I agree. Do that anymore. I do those. Um, I'm a big proponent of swatching yeah. and really getting to know your color line. And because of that, that's as close as I come to your world of extensions. I've gotten several different brands. Like this is a very inexpensive brand of swatch and you can see how frazzly it is. Uh -huh. And it's like, it, it doesn't even, I, I wonder if it's even real hair. I think it's yeah. high quality synthetic, you know, pawned off as real hair. And yeah. then this is like absolutely real hair. It's got the gray in there. It's yeah. really high quality, but the, the difference okay. in price between the two of these is significantly, significantly more. And when you're ordering it, like when you create your own line of extensions, when you're ordering it, you're trusting that they're saying what it is and the quality it is. And as you know, the minimum quantity that you have to order is so much and it's such an expense that you're like doing the, you know, please be telling me the truth because <laughs> yes. I'm going to have a whole lot of crap hair on my hands. Yeah. And the, the difference in coloring these, I did an entire class on the Redken Shades EQ line and like, you know, everybody's complaining that everything's going silver and gray. And I'm like, yes, there's high porosity at these lighter levels. And those colors are meant to take away brassiness at lower levels. And you have to account for that. But the difference between the different levels of swatches was like night and day in the in the color thing. So I don't blame you for not wanting to take on other other brands' quality. Now with your line, how do you promote that? Um, yeah, wants to know about you. So we have, um, of course, our website um, and mintbeautyextensions.com. How do you spell it? Is it M E A N T? Mint. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then um, so. Basically, um, you have to sign up, you, you know, you can't just log in and see the hair or see the, the pricing or um, anything until you um, enter your information. And then we do professionals only. Um, a lot of extension companies sell to the consumer as well as professionals. Um, we do not do that. So um, just on our website, you have to um, sign up and then you'll get a login. And have you done any of the shows or anything? Or are you keeping it? Oh, um, no, we're keeping it, you know, pretty small um, as of right now. Um, we have not done any hair shows or anything like that. And how about training? Do you also offer the application training because it's a whole different technique? Um, so we do not have um, an application as far as the actual method training, um, but we're working on other trainings such as color. Um, but we don't, we don't have a definite date for that yet. We're still in the process of working on you know, in your spare time, you don't have anything else going on. <laughs> yes. In my, in my infinite spare time. <laughs> How many, um, stylists do you have in your salon? Um, there are seven, seven. That's a nice yeah. size. Yeah. I found the trend to be recently, especially 
it was more pre-COVID, I think. Um, you know, I've had a salon for 32 years and I've had 20 people at one time and I've had two people at one time and I've had everywhere in between. And what I found, uh, which most people don't realize, is that the profit of having 20 is not 20 times greater than the profit of having two. Yeah. Um, everything just becomes more expensive, more chaotic, more everything. Um, but I think that with the trend of solo suites and all of that becoming more, you know, cu customary everywhere in the United States. I'm from Pennsylvania. I don't live there now, but in Pennsylvania, you couldn't do that. So everyone had to work at a commission salon, but everything has really, really changed over the last three years. Um, and I think that the size that you have is now considered a large salon. Yeah. You know, it used to be that that was a, and in between, it wasn't boutique and it wasn't big. And the in-between was starting to fall off. It was either the small guys combined with a medium guy and became a big guy. There was a lot of collaborative stuff going on. And like the, I would say early 2000s, um, because the middle was just like not hanging in there. Prices were getting too high for rent and all of the things to have a profit in that middle. But I'm predicting that the middle is going to be the new large. Yeah. COVID. Yeah, I agree with um, that. I was just talking to someone the other day and they've had a business. They they signed the lease right before COVID hit. They've maintained it the entire time in COVID and have done nothing with it. They're paying for a building for now three years. Wow. And I'm just like, how does how do you do that? Like, how do you dig out of that? It's mm -hmm. it's like unprecedented what everyone had to go through. And I guess everybody has their way of surviving it. And she's just hanging in there and hoping that you know, it'll pick up speed once everything gets back to, I can't even say normal because there is no normal. Yeah. Um, but what was your business like during that? Like, were you able to keep going with the, at least selling the extensions or like, how did you sustain yourself during that time? Yeah, uh, we were, we were closed down for 10 weeks. So um, it was a, a pretty long while. Um, you know, we were still able to sell products and ship them out um, to our guests and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, just like most salons, you know, in the U S we were just closed for business. You know, we had clients texting us, calling us, Hey, you know, what about trying to meet you in an alley, <laughs> yeah. meet me in the alley down the yeah, street. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And, you know, or even, Hey, I, my extensions are so grown out. What can I do? Um, mm, I don't want to take them out, yeah. but what do, I, what do I do? You know, um, move ups are every six to eight weeks. So we were closed for 10 weeks and only those who were able to get in, you know, the week prior to, um, lockdown was, you know, the ones that were able to come back in with extensions. And when we, when we opened up again and they were severely grown out, um, and then others, I actually had to make a video to send to a lot of our, our guests that were, Hey, um, I need to take my extensions out. What do I do? And I made a video. This is how you do it safely. Um, so, you know, we try to do our best to help where we could, um, you know, within the confines of shutdown or lockdown. Um, but, you know, at that point, it was just kind of we had to just keep going the best we could without, you know, really making any money in the salon. Yeah, I found that um, a lot of people who were just average colorists that were getting by and doing the bare minimum 
were faced with issues they never could have predicted because of, to your point of the, the grow out of 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, when those clients came in, that's no longer a standard retouch. That's a corrective color. And most salons were doing the standard retouch and they're putting it on a section this big. And mm -hmm. then there's all this wonky, you know, hot root looking mm -hmm. results and banding and all these things. And I'm like, where were you for that chapter on, you know, when you, when it grows out that far, but it's, it's been so long since anybody had to pay attention to that. Yeah. So, so for me, I almost had like a little bit of survivor guilt during COVID because I had just got, you know, got the ball running with my virtual education and things were picking up and then COVID everyone was home. So everyone was like, I might as well take a class because I'm sitting home. So I felt bad because those were the best two years of, you know, this part of my life where I met yeah. all these amazing hairdressers and I was able to collaborate with all these other famous hairdressers that would never normally answer an email from me. You know, I'm reaching out to them saying, Hey, let's do a pop-up class and, you know, let's do a summit. Let's do this. I did a whole two day virtual hair show. And every single person I asked said yes, because everybody was home. Mm -hmm. So while it was a really shitty situation and I would, wouldn't want it to happen again, I think that every single person on this earth took a quick step back and said, am I doing and living the way that I really want to, or is this a time for reinvention? There's so much reinvention. So what would you say is like the one thing that you will never go back to doing that you're doing differently as a result of having that 10 weeks? Yeah, actually, um, kind of what you were saying, it really pushed our, you know, salon forward. Um, when before lockdown, we were really busy. Um, and then as soon as we opened back up again, it was just like the floodgates opened, you know, like you just couldn't, you couldn't work enough right. <laughs> to, to get, get everybody to in. Like yep. it, the catch up was, um, was just, tremendous. And, um, you know, we also had to work within the restrictions, um, you know, here. And so that was hard because we were at 50, 50% capacity. So trying to get everybody in, it was just, um, really difficult and it became kind of like a, we need to change or we're just gonna, we're gonna drown, you know? Um, it, I know that sounds like a great thing, maybe for some people drowning in clients. Um, but honestly, like every one of our employees were just kind of exhausted, you know, um, including myself, you know, I'm, I'm behind the chair as well. And it's just exhausting to like, just try to keep up with that pace for months on end. So we actually, um, transitioned, um, at that point into no longer, doing certain services. Um, and that really just completely jumped, um, the business. So, um, we only do color and extensions. Now, um, we don't do any kind of single service coloring and we do not do, um, you know, just basic haircuts, men's cuts, children's cuts, um, anything like that. So, um, it's, uh, dimensional color and extensions. And once we did that, um, it just, it was like a relief. <laughs> yeah, Honestly. that's so smart. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about specializing and that's what I teach in my program. I'm like, yeah. don't be doing, you know, little Johnny spinning around in the chair with the hairy taffy and the updos and the waxing and the, yeah. you know, 
straightening and all of the things because you're always going to be running around from chair to chair and trying to keep everybody going. And, and there's no such thing as squeeze in, even though we say we'll squeeze you in. There's no squeezing. Yeah. In. There's only so many minutes in a day. Um, but that's like a whole other level of specialization. I love that. It's like, this is what we do. This is what we're great at. Even Inc. Magazine says so. So <laughs> we're going to stick to what we're good at. And, you know, that's, we're going to be thriving in that area. And the people that come to work for you are also people that are passionate in that area. So there's nobody exactly. doing something that they act absolutely dread every day. Yes, exactly. And all of our education focuses on those things. So, you know, we're truly specializing in these things and, you know, we're not teaching, you know, pixie cuts, you know, and then turning around and only doing extensions. Right. So it really helps, you know, just all around, keep everything just very focused. Um, and then, you know, that's how you become amazing at what you do is if you just focus on one thing. So that was your gift of, of the COVID pandemic. You did that after <laughs> all of that. I'm sorry, say it again. You did that after, after mm -hmm. everybody went back. Yeah. Once we woke, once we opened up again, um, a couple months after we opened, we just realized that, you know, it just wasn't working, um, trying to do everything. And, you know, unfortunately a lot of, um, salons went out of business during that time. And a lot of stylists, um, maybe found other careers at that time. And so the, not only did we have all of our regular guests that we had to catch up with, but now we were like just swarmed with more and more. Um, so yeah, that's when we had to implement that specifically. This is really a great time to be in the hair industry for that reason. There's a major shortage of stylists. There's an overflow of clients. You know, anyone who, you know, goes on social media and says, I'm so slow, I say to them, take a look inward and see what's going on. You know, either you're not passionate and you're, you're in there going through the motions and it's showing, you're not motivated, you're not really loving what you do, or there's something you have to brush up on education wise, because there are clients just to your point of salons closing, people are salon homeless. They're like drifting around looking for their new home. Yes. And if your skill level isn't where it should be, take this time when you're slow, instead of, you know, I always say people have a slow day and they run to Marshall's or Starbucks or, you know, oh, I'm going to go shopping. I have a free day. And it's like, not the best use of your time. If you're already Absolutely. not making money going shopping. So yes. um, education hundred percent is the key to all success. And I'm just so impressed by you. I have enjoyed every minute of this conversation. You're amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I love that you just keep continue to pivot. You see a problem you're like extension stink. I'll make my own. Then you have your own, you get busy, you're overwhelmed. You're like, okay, we don't need to do haircuts. We don't need to be every, everything to everybody. We're going to be this. So kudos to you. That is amazing. And most people live in such fear of any change that they couldn't even imagine making all the changes that you did. So I hope that everyone listening right now is paying attention to the fact that you are not a tree. You are not stuck in any salon or any home or any location, you know, a lot of people will blame their location. They'll blame their spouse. They'll blame their schedule. They'll blame their kids. They always blame everything, but anything is possible when you put your mind to it and you are showing all of us that and showing us well, and you are a treasure. So how do people listening get in touch with you? Cause I know I'm going to have a million questions about what we talked about. What's the best way for them to reach you? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, following us on social media, um, just at Emma Justine Salon on all platforms. Um, and then um, email is really good. We have contact at emmajustinesalon.com. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them or to send a link to um, our Mint Beauty extensions as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much as well. It was awesome chatting with you. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.